Hey, how y'all doing? I'd like to thank Zach for that warm welcome. That was that was that was touching. That was a touching tribute. Um, is he back there? Hey, so uh, it's good to see it, y'all. Everybody awake? No, no. It, well, it would be um, kind of feed off your energy. So this could be really bad if you guys don't wake up and and pep up a little bit. If you uh, just started coming to Journey post. Well, not post-COVID, but after COVID started, then you may be wondering why the drummer that plays too loud is, is preaching. Um, and if you were already coming to Journey pre-COVID, um, you actually may remember the last Sunday that uh, I was on stage. Um, it was the Sunday, March the 8th, 2020, and I thought it would be hilarious to wear a hazmat suit up here. Uh, and talk about how COVID really wasn't a big deal, and uh, that that did not age well at at, at all at all. Um, so, uh, but the deal is, I, I was a youth pastor. I was in local church ministry for about twenty years, and uh, um, and I was youth pastor here from 2015 until uh, 20 till that day actually till the week till, <laughs> till the day I wore the hazmat suit, and it, it was downhill from there. And um, but uh, we still attend Journey. We love Journey, and uh, now I do online marketing for for churches. So imagine that. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're in the middle. Well, I guess we're in the middle. I don't know when, when it ends. Really, um, I should probably keep up. But we're in week four of a series called uh, Summer Soundtrack. And when Ken told me and, and asked me if if I would handle this Sunday, um, I said of course. And and he kind of explained to me the whole deal with the summer soundtrack thing. And, and so the idea of the summer soundtrack brings up a really vivid, um, uh, a vivid specific memory for me. Uh, when, I was, when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, uh, in the summers, I stayed with my grandmother. She lived next door. Uh, we called her Meemaw. And me and my, me and my cousins spent every day uh, during the summer at Meemaw's house. And on Mondays... Monday was grocery day, and we lived in Walnut Grove, so obviously uh, on grocery day, we, we went to the food line in Covington. I don't know what's there, what's there now, but that was where we, every Monday, we, we loaded up. Mimo had a uh, 1986 blue, baby blue, powder blue Lincoln Town car. Uh, we called it the boat. It, 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 was as, it was as long as this stage. And it had the most comfortable blue velour seats that you've ever seen. In fact, if I ever get to build like a home theater, I'm going to pull the seats out of a 1986 Lincoln Town car and just put them there. They're super comfortable, super comfortable. And uh, we would go to Food Line in the town car. And there were two cassettes allowed in, in Mimos, Mimos town car. Uh, one was Randy Travis, The Storms of Life, and uh, the other one was George Jones, I Am What I Am, and those were the only two cassettes that played. When we worked through those, we turned on Rhubarb Jones, and uh, if you're, if, who's been around in Atlanta long enough to remember Rhubarb Jones, all right? So yeah, so we, we crank up some Rhubarb Jones and, and listen. Now, but we figured out, if you put Randy Travis, Storms of Life, if you put that cassette in, in the driveway at Meemaw's house and fire it up on the other hand, 
then by the time you got just as you pulled in our your spot our spot we had a spot at the food line Nemo had her own spot um, I think it was probably two spots uh, in, in the Lincoln. Uh, but just as we would pull in, uh, digging up bones <laughs> would finish right as we got to Food Lion. And I didn't really know what that song was about, but I remember loving that song as a kid. I just imagined Randy Travis in his backyard with a shovel, literally digging up bones. I don't know what, but um, turns out it's not actually what it's about. Uh, but the, in, we, would, we would listen to that. We would get to digging up bones unless... Unless we got stopped by the train. If you've ever been to Covington and go through Oxford, uh, there's, a tra- there's train tracks there. And so sometimes we would get stopped by the train. And that's in, in, in which case we would, we would work through digging up bones, put in George Jones, and, and have a big sing-along to um, He Stopped Loving Her Today uh, by, by George Jones. And now, Mimo was as close to perfect as you can possibly imagine. And I would fight anybody who said other words. But uh, she could not sing. Um, in fact, it was horrible. She, she was, oh, God bless her. She was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. But when George Jones was on, man, she was singing at the top of her lungs. And me and my cousin Jeremy were just giggling in the back, trying not to, trying not to let her see us uh, because she was just in her own world with her and George singing He Stopped Loving Her Today. And uh, that actually has nothing to do with Psalm 1, but I figured since we're getting reacquainted, I would just let you, you know, into a little bit of, of my life. So if you've got a Bible, turn, uh, turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, I guess don't, don't turn there. If you've got a Bible app, you can. Or I think we'll probably throw it up on the screen for those of you who... Don't feel like doing anything with your hands right now. So, um, Psalm chapter one. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a tree for a minute, okay? And I think we got a picture of an acacia tree here. Yeah, the picture of an acacia tree. So this tree, uh, it 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 exists several places in the world, but one of the places it exists is in Israel. And this acacia tree is in Israel, and it's in a dried up riverbed. Now this tree's still alive because it's got really really super deep roots, but it kind of looks dead a lot of the time. And in this dry, in, in this riverbed, every once in a while when the, the, the rains will show up and that dry rocky riverbed will actually, uh, will actually flood and the acacia tree will spring to life and its leaves start looking good and it starts doing a lot of things. It starts providing um, some shade and it it will um, it absorbs uh, the water and uh, um, there's a reference to this tree in Psalm chapter one. So let's um, let, let's read it together. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. The person that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Now, when I, when I read that, when I read that it's that that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, I don't know what pops into your head, but typically when I would read that, kind of a, a big green lush oak tree on, on the bank of like the Mississippi River or something, that's kind of what pops in my head but somebody in in israel somebody in the palestinian desert when they're thinking of a tree 
This is the tree. The acacia tree is what's popping into their head. This, this is the tree that is known well. And this is the tree that somebody that was reading the Psalms, when the Psalms were written, when, when you said they would be like a tree, the acacia tree, that's the tree that would pop into their head. And when that tree, they know this tree because when that tree springs to life, when, when the water floods, when it does, the, the rainy season comes and it floods and and um, the, 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 the leaves turn green, then that, that tree starts providing shelter. That tree, the, the Bedouins would say that this tree, the, 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 the wanderers of uh, uh, the people native to the Palestinian desert, these guys would say that this tree is good for camel food. This tree is good for building things. This tree is good for, uh, they'll, they'll take like the sap and make salve out of it. They'll say that this tree is medicinal. So when this tree is bearing its fruit and it's in season, it is good for a lot of things. But it also goes through some dry spells. And so the thing, one of the lessons that we learn from this psalm is that... Um, that in this desert we as believers are to become like these trees we're we're to provide something we're to do something we're to give something uh we're to be something and so the question is what what is it what the person who becomes like the tree um what what makes a person like the tree so the bible says that the person who's like the tree they don't they don't walk with the wicked and they don't stand around hanging out with sinners. Which now, and let's, let's pause there for a second, because if we know Jesus and we read about Jesus, and you're probably thinking, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. I think we're supposed to hang out with sinners. And yeah, absolutely. And, and the difference here is that, that Jesus, in his intention, and our intention should be, is to be an influence and to do something. And so this, this is talking about the person who's got no intention of, making a change no intention of really sharing the gospel no intention of any doing anything right this person has just parked himself this person is just hanging out uh with the sinners this part this person has just parked himself in a seat with those who would mock god but the person who wants to be like this tree this person delights and meditates on the law of the lord and, and we're not talking about the law like just the ten commandments but we're talking about the word of god and so if we don't do these things we don't walk we don't walk and stand and and sit with the sinners and and evil and and the mockers and we do meditate on god's word then that's when we become like this tree now i want to hang out here for a second on this word uh, meditate uh, this word meditate in the psalm is the, the hebrew word there is this word haga okay and i'm not pronouncing that very hebrew appropriately at all because i can't i can't roll my tongue all right uh, but the word meditate there is this word haga and there's another place uh, if you got your bible turn to isaiah chapter 31 uh, verse 4 there's another place where this word haga is used Isaiah chapter 31, verse 4. As a lion growls, a great lion over its prey, and though a whole band of shepherds is called together against it, it's not frightened by their shouts or disturbed by their clamor. So the Hebrew word for growls right there is also haggah. And it's a case of, of onomatopoeia. I think I'm saying that right. 
Um, everybody remember onomatopoeia? Yeah, it's a word that, that yeah, all the English teachers in the room. It's, it's a word that sounds exactly like the thing that it's, it's describing. And so you would say, Hagah, if you, can, if you can do that tongue roll thing on the G there, you would say it kind of fiercely with, with a roll of the G sound, like Hagah. I, I can't even do it. I've been trying it all morning, uh, even backstage. I was trying, trying to do it. I can't do it. Um, but you get, you, you're imagining it. You're imagining it, right? So um, a few years ago, my, my lovely wife, Heather, and her sister invited me to go um, hiking with them. And if you know me, you know how much I love hiking. I'm very outdoorsy. Um, and no, actually, I'm the opposite. I'm very indoorsy, and I hate hiking. This was like the threshold of hell they took, they took me to, also known as the Appalachian Trail. And they thought it would be a cool idea. Let's do 21 miles in a day. They want to finish the Appalachian Trail in sections. So this day, this little section was uh, just a short, little, quick, little 21-mile jaunt. Worst day of my life. And uh, you know how far 21 miles is? On a trail outside? Okay, so we're, we're, doing, we're doing this 21 miles, and around mile 12, I've fallen a wee bit behind, if you can believe it. And uh, so, so we're walking along, and, and my sister-in-law, she's probably 20, 25 feet in front of me, and then Heather is about 20, 25 feet in front of her, and, and we're just bebopping along. I've got my AirPods in, listening to my murder podcast about people murdered on the Appalachian Trail, and we're just having, we're having a good old time, and um, I see Heather, Heather, it, it's, it's, it's fall, so it's thick leaves. I mean, you really can't see much. You're just on, on this trail, and Heather's looking way up ahead of me. I see Heather looking, like kind of peeking over, peeking over the ledge into the foliage uh, into the woods, and I'm like, what is she doing? And so Sean kind of stops about 10 feet from her, and I'm just walking. I pull an AirPod out. I'm like, what are y'all doing? And Heather is like, I think I hear a big truck. Now, I'm, I'm no outdoorsman, but I do know enough to know that there are no trucks on, that, on the AC, as we call it in the, in the hiking world. Uh, there are no trucks on, on the, on the Appala- is it AT, not AC. I, <laughs> I was thinking air conditioning, <laughs> um, which I am a big fan of, not the outdoors. Um, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I know nothing about hiking. Um, but so we're on the AT, and she's looking over the ledge and saying, I hear a big old truck. And so I get closer, and we don't hear anything. She's like, I think there must be a road down there. Like, no, dear, we're, in, we're on top of a mountain. There's no road down there. I do know that. And then we hear it again. And it's very obvious that, one, my wife has a hearing problem, and two, that it's a mountain lion, not a Ford F-250 on the Appalachian Trail. And so my sister-in-law, who's between us, says, oh, no, that's an animal. And so I do have bear spray in my backpack because I did plan on encountering a bear 
not a mountain lion. And so I start getting the, the bear spray out. Heather's got bear spray. So we're fumbling over the bear spray. It's got a little safety plug that I don't know how to remove. I get the, somehow the Lord removes the safety plug. And, uh, and then I start praying, well, I hope this stuff works on mountain lions too. I, I don't know if it's FDA approved for mountain lions, but it, if it works on a bear, surely it can work on a lion. And, and we should be fine. And so I'm fumbling around. Heather gets hers. And, and she's not really paying attention to me because I, I just I want to make sure the thing works. So I just kind of give it a little. Uh, now think of it. I'm here. Sean's there. Heather's right there. And, and Mountain Lion is somewhere. We're not sure if it's down here or up there. Uh, I think it was up there. She thought it was down there. But so I just give a little test spray over here. And at which point Heather thinks I have now seen the mountain lion. So she starts spraying. So we've got cross spray going right over the head of my sister-in-law. Just a cross spray of bear spray just about to kill my sister-in-law right there on the Appalachian Trail. And I'm thinking we're going to have to carry her out of here uh, being chased by a mountain lion. And uh, I have never been so scared in my adult life. And um, th that mountain lion was letting us know that it meant business and we should move along rather quickly. Um, now, if you're ever on a 21-mile hike and you need a little push of adrenaline to finish those last 10 miles, let me tell you, uh, a mountain lion encounter will do it because I have never done 10 miles so fast in, in my life. Now, my blisters had blisters, and, and it was awful, and, um, but, but we made it, and I, and I looked over my shoulder the entire time. But that mountain lion was growling at us, letting us know that it meant business. And I know this was kind of a long walk to explain to you what a word means, okay? But this word Hagah right here for uh, the lion growling in Isaiah is this, this murmuring, deep growl of a lion hunched over its prey ready to devour letting everybody know around it not to mess with it because it's about to do business with its prey and um, the same word for growl haga is the same word in psalm 1 for meditate and so the picture that the psalmist is trying to paint for us is that contrary to the belief that that meditating on the scripture is just um you know finding a spot on your porch with a cup of coffee and just like silently reading over um the bible that that the psalmist is saying and and i'm not trying to downplay that because there is a place for that okay that is a good thing but in this case what the psalmist is trying to communicate is that if we're going to be people of the word, if we're going to be people of the scripture, if we're going to be people who follow after God, then we've got to have this seriousness about the Bible. And there's got to be the seriousness about God's word. And, and for us to meditate on it, we have got to, um, we can't disregard his word, but we've got to, we've got to hover over this thing like a lion uh, growling and letting everybody know that that we mean business that we take this serious because i can't i can't say that i'm serious about my relationship with god i can't claim to be really focused and and i mean if, if i claim to be a person of god and then i've got this di this disregard for the bible then that's just 
contradictory i mean it's like the guy who tells you he's got a girlfriend and you ain't met her before like you know i i I have my doubts right okay so like you know you want to tell me that that you're serious about your relationship with god that you love god that 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 hey i'm a christian but i I'm, i'm apathetic towards his word and everything he thinks about everything is in here to have apathy towards his word I just I have my doubts. I have my doubts about my own seriousness sometime. But there's no way to be different. There's no way to know God's will. There's no way to have my mind renewed and, and change my thinking and really just follow after him in the way that I'm called to if I don't take seriously um, his word. Now, I know that's not like revolutionary to anyone. Like, it's, it's pretty expected to come in here and hear the guy say, hey, you should read your Bible. I know it's not like none of you have heard that before. Like, n- no, no one's walking out of here like, did you hear that? Jono said we should read our Bible. No one's ever said that before. That's how I always used to feel when I was a youth pastor. We'd go to camp. Students just got back from camp. And uh, here was an awesome week. Here we, um, like, won every single competition and every other church hated you. So good. Good job. Way to go. Proud of you. Um, <laughs> But, but no, that's pretty awesome. Um, uh, but we would go to camp, and, and, you know, every Wednesday night, I would have a Bible study with the students, you know, and I'd be talking like, you know, no, we need to pray, we need to read our Bible, we need to worship, we need to do this. And then, and, and, and it, students will walk up to you after it's over, and you think they're coming to, like, share something really deep, and then they're like, hey, how much money do we need for Chick-fil-A? And, and it's like, okay, whatever. And, but then you go to camp, then we would go to camp, and it would be like, you know, Thursday night, and everybody's crying, and, and we all have like our share time, and the students are like, oh my gosh, did you hear the camp speaker tonight? He said, you're, you're not going to believe this, he said, we should pray. We should pray. Jono, why have you never told us that? Yeah, so it's like, so I, I get, I get that like reading your Bible is, that this is not the first time you've heard this. But I just, I go through seasons where I need somebody to kind of kick me in the rear and remind me that this is a big deal, that I can't be apathetic towards this. Now, when Mimo passed away in 2010, um, I did get the Randy Travis and the George Jones cassettes, um, even got um, some Conway Twitty cassettes. Uh, but I also got her Bible. And if you look through Mimo's Bible, pages are dog eared, there's notes everywhere. There's, I mean, she even like, I mean, she filled in everything, even like, even in the, the, in the maps. If there's a little space in the maps, like the Sea of Galilee, she's like, I, I can fit some notes right there. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Everything's, the things are underlined, things are highlighted. More things are highlighted than are not highlighted. At which point I'm like, what's the point of highlighting now? The whole Bible's highlighted except three verses. But you get the idea. She took it seriously. I mean, like it, it, it meant something to her. It was real, and it, like, affected the way she lived. It affected the way she treated people. It affected uh, the way she, she raised us. It, it, it affected everything. It, it, the Bible meant something to her. It, it was real, and, and she meditated on it. She had God over it. Um, so if, if we take the Bible serious, that if we're going to become like the tree, then we've got to take the Bible seriously. We've got to be the, the person that intensely devours the Scripture. Now, here, here's the thing, though, about the acacia tree. It does 
go dormant for a while. And it's important, but even though it goes dormant, it doesn't die because it's got these deep, deep roots that, that are still getting the water. And it doesn't look that great on the outside. And um, I've got to admit, and I'll be totally honest with you, um, because my family's here and my kids are right here. <laughs> you know, they're, they're staring at me. Uh, there are times... There are, there are months when you'll, you'll find me consistently like at our breakfast table reading the Bible, and, and I'm good, man. I'm just, I, I'm meditating. I'm, I, I don't really growl. Um, maybe I'm, I'm working on it. Pray for me. Uh, but, but, but I'm there, and I'm in it, and I'm in the zone, and it's good, and, and I'm bearing fruit. And then there's other times where I don't, know, I don't know that I want to say this is any less spiritual or I do feel like I'm a little lazier sometimes, but there's sometimes where it's just a quick little Bible reading plan in my version app that I'm focused a little bit more on. I'm not, I'm not up as early uh, and I'm kind of squeezing it in where, where I can, but I'm still, I'm still in, in the Word. And, and then if, if I'm honest, and, and maybe, again, maybe it's just me, I'm the only one that struggles with this, but there's, there's times where it's like I, I'm just not in the Bible like I should be. And I don't know why. It doesn't necessarily correspond to like my, my bu- the busyness of my life. Um, I don't know if it's laziness. I don't, know, I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, and I can't give you a good reason for why a day would ever go by that I don't read the Bible, but I'll let you in on a secret. It, it, it happens. There are those days. Maybe it's just me. Anybody else? couple of us all right y'all pray for the three of us who don't read our bible every day all right those of y'all who've got it all together so what we do um is what and and all we can do is is we go back even when we're not hungry and even when we don't feel like it and even when we're not in the mood and whatever we we go in here and we trust that god's word is not going to return void that he's going to do something he's going to use it and i'm going to meditate and i'm going to meditate and i'm going to haga and i'm going to try to roll that g but i'm going to haga and i'm going to haga i'm going to meditate and i'm going to meditate and when the season is right and when the rain finally comes and god does his thing then this tree is going to bear some fruit and God is going to use me and God is going to do some things. God is going to, to grow me and God is going to use me to grow his kingdom and to bless people and to do some things and I'm going to be incredibly, incredibly useful um, to his kingdom. But there's going to be those times, like even, you know, if you look at me and I'm in a season where I'm producing fruit, you could have looked at me a year ago and, I, I, and, and that tree would have looked as dead as it could be. And so that's in those seasons where we're in the desert, if you're in one of those dry spells, one of those times where it's like, man, why am I not, why am I not being diligent about this? Um, we've just got to stay true to our calling. We've got to read it even when we don't feel like it. We've got to be in it when we don't feel like it. And, and this is the time especially where we've got to go back and, and we've got to remember that, that you know, I, I can't walk with the wicked. I can't, I can't stand with the sinners and I can't sit with the mockers. I've got to focus on God. I've got to learn to delight in his word. I've got to learn to meditate 
uh, on his word. And that's the lesson of the desert and of the acacia tree and of Psalm 1 that I just put one step, one foot in front of the other, and I keep walking. I, I keep getting in this Bible, whether I feel like it or not, and, and I, I let those roots grow deep. And God's going to do his thing, and the rain is going to come, and I'm going to bear fruit, and God's going to use me, and it's going to be a good thing. But if I'm going to be a person who follows him, and I'm going to be a person who is like him, then I've got to listen to him. I've got to listen to the voice of the shepherd. I've got to follow him. I've got to know him, and I cannot be apathetic to him and his word. Let me pray for you. God, we are thankful. Um, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that you don't just leave us to figure things out on our own. And uh, everything you think about, everything, we've got it available to us in your word. And um, I, I pray for my friends in here right now who uh, they are bearing fruit and things are good and they are closer to you than they have ever been. God, I pray that they would be encouraged and that uh, they would continue to bear fruit. They would, they would continue to impact the people around them and make a huge difference. I pray for my friends in here right now who are kind of in between. It's not as good as it was before, but it's not necessarily the desert right now. God, would you, um, would you just encourage them and, and draw them closer uh, to you and your word and help them to be diligent. And God, I pray for those of us in here who we are kind of in the desert and, and it is a dry spell and um, we can't put our finger on what it is that's kind of wrong. But God, would you remind us, would you remind them that you love us that you're not ticked off, that we're not reading our Bible as much as we used to. You just want to be with us, and you want us to hear from you, and you're always speaking, and it's time uh, for us to listen. God, thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for loving us like you do, and thank you for not giving up on us. In Jesus' name, amen.